Hey guys, this is Dr. Jen and Dr. Erica with the V Word Podcast. And if you love vaginas, lady bits, women's health, reproduction, wombs, birth control, shocking facts about how the patriarchy basically tainted all aspects of obstetrics and gynecology, then this podcast is for you. We are the only podcast tackling all the crazy, sexy, embarrassing, and amazing topics of women's health as doctors with hard science, personal stories, and a good dose of humor. Because if you can't laugh about vaginas, what can you laugh about? Nothing. Nothing else is funny. Need some examples? Some recent episodes we've covered are anti-abortion laws. Hilarious. Fertility preservation. Not hilarious. Not that funny. Transgender health and feminist porn. And so much more. Hey, Erica. What's the most exciting part about going to the gynecologist? What? seeing you there and now everyone can do that because the viewword is available everywhere you could ever possibly look for a podcast that's amazing tell them where to find us listen and subscribe on itunes stitcher google play and all the other places you get your podcasts and if you're more of a visual learner or you just like beautiful vagina art or facts you can find us on instagram and twitter at viewwordpod Who doesn't like vagina art? I love it. You can also check out our website for weekly blog posts, special bonus content, and the new badass V-word leggings that Jen just designed. They're amazing. I wear them everywhere just so people will see them and ask me what the V stands for. I'm like, do it, I dare you. That's why I'm friends with you. I know. Download, subscribe. Vagina, vagina, vagina. Vagina, vagina, vagina. Hello? Hello. Welcome to my vagina. This is Jesse Karen. And this is Rebecca Frank. And here we are again, having our current historical, hysterical, and infuriating conversation about our lives as vagina-having organisms. All content made up on the spot, but probably research. I'm just kidding. Fools, it's definitely research. We're going to read another review today because you should review us. So Helen Douglas said, thank you. This should be required for men, women, non-binary. I mean, everyone! Exclamation, exclamation, exclamation. Thank you, ladies, so much for being the voice of the voiceless vagina. Aw. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. <laughs> Thanks, Helen. I wanted to tell you about this crazy thing that I found out today. <laughs> so while I was uh, thinking about this awesome episode, um, I started thinking about the G-spot mm-hmm. and why it is. Ca- I never really thought to myself, why the fuck is it called the G-spot? I just mm-hmm. was like, that's cool, you know? Yeah. And then so I looked it up and the guy who like, quote unquote, discovered it is Ernst Groffenberg. So it's actually like the Groffenberg spot. I hate that. The- even though we're about to talk about how it's probably not even medically true. I hate that. Like it's named after a dude, like right. a part of the woman's body is named after a dude. Yeah. I have to say in Groffenberg defense that he did not name, he didn't name it the Groffenberg spot. Someone oh, cool. else named it. He found it. And then someone who came, someone else named it on his behalf, I yes. guess. Sounds like Groffenberg was all right. Yeah. He, he seems like he was an, an all right guy. I wish I could find the name of the guy. It was like Hans something or other. <laughs> anyway, Sounds like a Hans thing to do. So uh, I also found out, so I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing Grafenberg right, because there's an umlaut over the A. Oh. And I'm not sure how to pronounce an umlaut properly. (laughs) (laughs) This is like, these are the rabbit holes that I go into. So not only did he find the G-spot, but he also invented the Grafenberg ring, which was the Ooh. first widely used IUD, IUD back in 1929. Nice. Yeah. So that's really fucking awesome. I didn't even know they were awesome. using them back then. I didn't either. Germany. Did it work? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, so another important point about Grafenberg is that he was Jewish and he was German. And so we're thinking like the 30s and 40s, mm-hmm. Nazis. Um, so... <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. I, I like the little Nazi flourish you yeah, just gave me. Jazz fingers. Um, he was um, a gynecologist and he treated the wives of lots of powerful Nazi officers. And so he thought that because he did that, that he'd be safe. Mm. But no one was safe. Nobody's safe. You know, not when you're a Jew, Grafenberg. <laughs> so... But then he was arrested in 1937 for smuggling an important stamp out of the country. Oh, that was the thing. That was the thing that set it off. He wow. fucking stole a stamp. Like, Come really? Come on, Grafenberg. You know? You're a genius. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. You're on fucking borrowed time here, bro. What kind you of know? stamp was this? I don't know. I couldn't find it out. I was looking for it, but... So curious how, why this stamp was so important. Yeah. So... Do you want to know how he managed to get out of Germany? Sure. Margaret fucking Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood. Dope. Yeah, there were some like, you know, problems and stuff that she she's like a controversial person herself. But she they were like exchanging letters. And one of the big things was that he had discovered the IUD and she was a really big advocate for birth control. And so she wanted to bring uh, she wanted to help German women before, you know, before the war started. Uh, she was really interested in helping German women access birth control and she wanted to make it more accessible here in the United States as well. And so the moral of the story, as far as I'm concerned, is that the world of sex education and birth control is so small and we all know each other, which is why Dr. Jen Gunter should totally be on our show. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so Grafenberg said he found it. But there is a lot of controversy on whether the G-spot actually exists. Scientists actually just gave the G-spot a better name. And the new name is clitoral urethral vagina complex. Or I mean, <laughs> better. I don't know. Yeah. Can help us out, guys. Come on. Like, there's already enough around, like, women's health. Can we, like, shorten some shit down? Right. So it's or CUV. <laughs> Curve. Which isn't sexy, but no, whatever. but neither is the Grafenberg spot. So true, you know, true. But the thing, it's so funny to me because when I started <laughs> and this is such a lesson, uh, when I started learning more about my own female anatomy, like the fact that the clitoris isn't just on the external part of your body, it's like a wishbone that has wings and it like wraps around your vagina. And so there's a lot of internal part of your clitoris. And when I started learning about it and how scientists and doctors are kind of like, that doesn't really necessarily exist. I was like, well, yeah, if everyone's saying it's two to three inches like up the vaginal wall, isn't that just the back of the clitoris just mm -hmm. inside? Yeah. <laughs> I'm starting to think that the G spot actually might be like the Pluto of female anatomy. It's a planet. It's not a it's planet. <laughs> But so the thing that I wanted to tell you that I found when I was looking was apparently there's a G shot for your G spot. Stop. Yeah. And this I didn't get to look too much into, but we'll come back to it at some point. But there's an injection you can get for your vagina oh, that God. costs about like one thousand, two thousand dollars. And it, quote unquote, promises months of enhanced sexual pleasure and heightened orgasms. I bet you that shit ain't covered by insurance. Guaranteed it's not <sighs> this Dr. Matlock guy. Guy. Right. <laughs> I have so many thoughts about all of this. Just like we're not the ocean. This isn't like the ocean floor. And I understand it's really dark down there. It's cold. You can't you can't, we can't dive that far. Right. And so it's hard to figure out what all lives down there. And so, you know, like we find these like giant squids and stuff, but we've never seen them alive. We just find the dead squids. But like our 
genitals do not exist on the bottom of the goddamn ocean. So I don't understand what's so difficult. It's 2019. Understand. Yeah. For fuck's sake. Oh, yeah. So it's it's called the lunchtime procedure. I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Can we? It involves an injection of hyaluronin. Hyaluronin. It's a a collagen based filler commonly found in skincare products. Oh, Oh, my God. By the way, that's the thing that I want to say. It wasn't approved by the FDA. Of course not. Um, Yeah. Because it's probably considered like uh, in like when we think about uh, women's health products that exist at the drugstore that are not regulated. It's it's within that. It's a fucking shot. You're basically putting like lip enhancements up in there yeah if you get the injection you get a free sandwich that's so nice <laughs> sign me up i'm hungry <laughs> like it's just so funny because he's the he's also the person who runs the laser vaginal rejuvenation institute of america oh god i hate him uh-huh i hate him so much which you can listen to in our vulva shame yeah. episode and why and what we think of that yeah yeah but yeah Fuck he, that he organizes guy. informational g-shot parties because he wants to empower and educate women to be in tune with themselves. Here's a note, Dr. David Matlock. Why don't you teach men mm-hmm. <laughs> about the anatomy of a woman's body mm-hmm. and how to listen and understand? <laughs> yeah, stop peddling fucking snake oil. Yeah. Fucking asshole. <gasps> what, what are you doing? Are you trying to find my G-spot? Just, just stick it in. I don't know. I've never done this before. Stick it in. Go. This week, we are sharing our interview with the sexpert extraordinaire, Mariah Freya of Beducated.com, as in Be Educated or Beducated. Um, and we talked to her all the way from Germany. And she told us about her journey through the world of Tantra and sexual curiosity and empowerment and how she got to where she is today, which is basically being a fucking badass. Just as a side note, at the time we interviewed her, she was pregnant. But since then, she has had her baby. And we just wanted to say congratulations. Congratulations. You're a rock star. Yeah, you are. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me in your show. <laughs> We'd love to hear more about what you do. Sure. Um, so I founded together with my partner, Philip, um, an online academy for conscious sexuality, where we have a lot of amazing online education tools and courses all around loving your vagina, loving your penis, Yeah. Uh, how to make love or sex or fuck in the way you want to, you know, make love or fuck or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Yeah, It's, it's really about, um, non-sleazy education around everything that's below the belly button, pretty much. Nice. (laughs) Great tagline. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. What like caused you to start this? Mm. Um, well, I, I'm, um, studied social workers. So it was always for me about kind of, you know, every, small little social worker thinks of how to change the world how to help the world and and you know that idealism was very strong inside of me but I would have never thought that it would be through sexuality and through sex and through you know really helping others to to get more intimate with themselves and and their partners so um well, I went through my own journey pretty much with this, uh, how most people I think that work in this field. Um, I felt very, um, yeah, just like a shy, vanilla, random girl that was, you know, tapping in the world of sex with her boyfriends mm. and past lovers. And it always felt like I 
I didn't really had tools how to explore myself more, how to, you know, speak out or communicate about what I wanted, or I didn't even know what I wanted. So mm-hmm. it just mm-hmm. felt like tapping in the dark so much. So Philip and I, we traveled in India for some time and, and I stumbled upon this girl that told me about those crazy stories uh, that happened in the Tantra workshop that she visited. And I was just like, whoa, this sounds crazy. And <laughs> yeah. she's telling me about things like, oh, you're not supposed to have pain during menstruation mm-hmm. or, you know, you're not oh. supposed to have this or every woman can have vaginal orgasm. I'm like, what? Like, this is crazy. Okay. I've never spoken to a stranger in this way. And were you yeah. like, were you freaked out by it at first? Uh, yeah. I mean, um, there's just not an open conversation and you girls are doing such a great job at having this conversation and, you know, putting yourselves out there. And I think there's, this is so needed to heal everything that's been put un- under the carpet. Mm-hmm. And just so you know, I'm from Germany, so I will use a lot of weird metaphors <laughs> and things. I'm loving it. <laughs> I mean, I think we talk about this a lot and I'm sure there's a taboo surrounding sex on, you know, on all genders, but it's particularly with women that we feel shame or that we accept a certain amount of pain when it comes to mm. sex or pushing off our own pleasure. At least as a straight woman, I found that I care more about the other person having a pleasurable time than my own or I used yeah. to. Now I'm like, give it to me. (laughs) Claim it back. And and that's really what, what happened for me when we visited the first Tantra workshop and we got like, it was pretty much like, like a workshop with, you know, lectures, not where you just get naked and fuck everyone. You were just (laughs) practicing with your partner. And for me, literally the first time that I explored, and that's probably eight years ago now that I explored my cheese spot. And that was just oh my God, this spot exists. I didn't even know. And, and I, I started squirting and it was just incredible for me. It was kind of just a very straightforward proof that there's so much more to discover and that I had no clue about all of this. And I think it, it, the same thing happened for my partner. So that's why we yeah, continued on this journey and studied with different people all around the world. And, and then sort of really, I started having that urge to share. We're still together, my partner and I, so we approve that we can survive. (laughs) Quite a journey uh, once you start to, you know, question everything that you've learned about sex, about your relationship, how you're supposed to, you know, have a relationship. Is it monogamous or polyamorous or just Mm. whatever? (laughs) Just exploring what it is that you really want. And, and I feel like, um, with our business, this, um, really shows me a reflection of the world that so many people are asking the same questions because we, we're now reaching over yeah 94 different countries. So our customers, which is so awesome, just want to explore more and get all the question uh, answers to that questions. Yeah. Are you finding through doing this uh, that you're hearing more from women or men or is it about equal? Um, We've just talked a lot about like, you know, what uh, what women's experiences like lack of education about sexuality for women and like people who don't explore themselves, women not masturbating because the taboo. So just curious what you've experienced. 
So we have um, a lot of free articles and content where people are exploring um, our teachings and topics. And, and we definitely have 50-50, I would say, in terms of men and women that are exploring this. But mm -hmm. um, we, when it comes to our online courses of so people that, that join and, and, you know, really start going deeper, um, we see a trend that more women invest into it. And mm -hmm. I... I think it kind of makes sense because um, if I think about most men don't really have that t conversation with their body. I mean, sometimes they would talk about, you know, how they had a girl last night, but I think w as women, we naturally already have a bit of that exchange of like, Oh, I've got my menstruation. I just feel headache or whatever, you know, there's a tendency, I, I guess. Um, so, so for, for most men, um, I think it, it can can be a bit tricky to admit yet. Yeah, I might need to work on my lovemaking, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Could sound a bit sexist. I meant, um, you know, just comparing men and women here, which I don't want to do. But that's mm. just a tendency that I'm seeing that men that are into um, exploring their love life more, they already, you know, open for mm. personal development and just already are, learning and seeking for more yeah, right. yeah, yeah it's sort of like a almost like a self-selecting thing because you're seeing people who are interested in this already and who then seek you out and so have maybe a higher level of mm. awareness and curiosity than the general population might have yeah exactly and, and, and I think it's it's really a choice of starting to you know you might just start to google um you know um cheese pot orgasm or what whatnot and then and in the same time I see there's an overwhelm also happening so you know where to start where to um you know even though I don't like to say give recipes per se but I think it does help because we've been so disconnected that it's it's can be very helpful to have a bit of a framework or have some, you know, ideas how to spend the night or have a beautiful ritual together or a date night that, you know, you haven't uh, had before. And um, it can really, really help to have something like a community that we are building, you know, having a sort of platform where this is available. I mean, I guess a lot of people who are coming to you are outwardly curious, but there's a lot of people who are secretly curious about this and maybe don't necessarily want to show up to a place like this. So asking those questions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I mean, there, there has been, I'm not sure if you were aware of, but there has been a lot of different um, Tantra schools in the past months that got like negative um, news and press and um, even like rape allegations. Oh, no, so no. there, so, so it has been really, really, uh, so I, I would say the me too arrived also in the Tantra scene, yeah. which is really, really good to see. It's just like hitting everywhere <laughs> through that, like super shocked. And we, some teachers we studied also with, and it was like, wow, what, what's going on? And, and, um, we are really confirmed now how important the online education is because, yeah. you know, it's just going to be so safe for everyone to join in from the comfort of their home. And, you know, thinking about uh, availability for people, you know, you mentioned not traveling and there's a lot of people that maybe don't have the ability to. And so they're cut off from from these potential experiences, but offering this sort of levels the playing field, which mm -hmm. I think is really important. 
Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, we do have um, some people with disabilities joining our courses as well. And, you know, I mean, we try to be as inclusive as possible. And of course, if there's specific needs and support that they need or that's what we're doing. We're really supporting people on this journey. Have you noticed uh, differences between either like German and American sexuality or like just across the board culturally? Mm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, for example, in Germany, it's, it's quite normal that I would say every second person would have been once in a lifetime or more in a sauna, which is pretty like 100% nude. So there's no no clothes there. And so people would be used to like nude beaching or nudist. Um, and so the, the body is definitely, um, in a nude shape. It's, it's not necessarily something sexual per se. Mm -hmm. It's just a body. It's just, you know, our birthday suit. Right. Wow. So, How revolutionary. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, it's not, not really, but it's just so, here. So it's so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, so, so I'm, I'm glad that this is something that I've learned. Actually, my family, we would often go with my grandpa, my grandma, my mom and my dad. We would go to the lake and just be nude. Mm -hmm. And I was maybe nine, 10 years old. So already in my teenage years, slow, slowly, slowly, you know, and that's when it got started to get weird. But of course, like, <laughs> it, was still, it was still like possible for me to bear it and, and, so I think it's definitely a bit further, but mm. Mm, when it comes to communicating about it, and that's also where the Germans suck as well. And, <laughs> you oh, know, really? Um, yeah. And I mean, especially when you look at flirting, I know that a lot, of, I have some American friends here in, in Munich and they, they just think it's so weird to date a German man because they, um, or you could also say German woman as well, um, because they, they think it's, um, it's just so subtle. It's like under the table, you know, you would like glimpse at them, but you would never like just go up and speak to them or it would be such a introverted way of dating oh. until something happens. So, um, yeah, I think that that's a bit different here, but in terms of, of sex education, I mean, it's also still in the Middle Ages. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's just across the board around the world for the yeah. most part. I, I would actually like to know where there is good sex education. Yeah, if anyone can tell us. If, yeah. <laughs> if they know of the one country on the planet. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Still, still waiting for that. Like, maybe there's an island in the Pacific somewhere that I don't know about. <laughs> it has, like, three people yeah. on it, but they know everything. <laughs> Everyone's super comfortable with their body. <laughs> It's interesting because I was um, just talking about this. I was reading about Betty Dodson a little bit just to understand like some of the, at least in the U.S., some of the kind of like formational thoughts and whatever. And she was talking about how she hosts, she would host like, she hosts classes in her apartment. She lives on Madison Avenue. Who is this? Rent controlled, but still. Okay. <laughs> uh, Betty Dodson. She, uh, she started holding classes like back in the 60s and the 70s. Mm -hmm. But I'm thinking yeah. about it and just in relation is, is to what you Is she the one saying, that um, created this um, painting books? Where yes. Where you can paint the vagina? Yes. Yes. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. that's her. Yeah, um, she's cool. Yeah, but I'm, you know, listening to you talk about just like growing up and and how the body is kind of treated in Germany versus here. She teaches these classes where people get together in her apartment and sit around the room 
naked and, you know, get to know their bodies. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that's great, but so not typical American. Like, I'm thinking about, like, an American audience looking at that and being like, I'm going to do what? Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah. There's that book that you showed me that I really want, even though I'm nowhere near having children, but like how to talk to your kids about sex and like how to really give the right answers and also be sexually comfortable in your own house. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and without being inappropriate, Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. And what yeah. is inappropriate? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really the question. I, and I think that's why we need to ask those questions and, and um, challenge the reality. I know my, my brother, he's now 18 years old. So he's like in the midst of exploring, mm-hmm. has his first girlfriend and all. But I feel like his generation, even though he grew up with you porn and probably starting looking at porn already when he was like having his first phone with, I don't know, 11 or something. Oh yeah, we just made it uh, easier, huh? <laughs> so re- really, really early, you know, where they got in touch with um, really explicit content. And in the same time, I feel like he's so conservative compared to me. Yeah. Like the new generation is is now flipping again into a more conservative picture. And, you know, he was really, really waiting for the one to... Uh, have sex with and like even though we had different opportunities so it was quite interesting to see um how that always changes from generation to generation Mm -hmm. but then in the same time we shouldn't allow you know the conservative lifestyle I mean that's a choice but like allow that um that education at least falls down Mm -hmm. again so I think you know people like Betty Dots like they've been pioneers in this and they step the groundwork for what we are doing today. And, and so I think it's, it's so important to keep going and, and make people aware of it and and talk about it as much as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, also have the, have the information and do Mm -hmm. what you want with it. I mean, if you want to be conservative, that's all the good for you. It just, it shouldn't bleed into anybody else's uh, lives. So like, if you want to be conservative, great. That's your business. If you don't, if you want to like live a sexual lifestyle, that's yours. Can you tell us about Beducated and your program? So the idea was in the beginning that we have a, a platform where we have different teachers. Um, so sex coaches, tantra teachers, um, anyone that's that's an expert in this field. And we are sort of publishing and creating different courses with them and, you know, uh, offering them to our tribe and to anyone that's interested. So, um, so you can just join our newsletter, for example, and then you receive, um, love letters and, and different updates oh. on the courses. And it's pretty much like, um, um, online course. If, if any one of you did that before, so, you know, there's lots of business online courses out there, but that's more on the juicy end. So you're really investing <laughs> into your intimacy. We've been having in the U S in general, uh, a really, really big pushback about any sort of, um, uh, talk about sex or things that could be viewed as pornographic in any way or could Mm -hmm. be contorted by the internet gods into seeming like maybe it's promoting uh sex trafficking or uh you know anything like that and so you know we've come against it and on such a small scale so we can't Mm -hmm. imagine what that's gonna i mean i I don't know if it affects i don't i don't know yeah i guess it would affect you in terms of like because they're gonna start blocking us it's internationally i mean yeah you know you probably would advertise on Facebook and it's everywhere the same. So they have the same rules. And right. um, 
like what I've witnessed is especially women that start, you know, to explore themselves, they start talking about it as well. And, and I think that's, you know, when also the confidence comes in where the connection of, yeah, like that's me and that's what mm. I like and that's what I don't like. And, and I just love to share this um, once, once there is an empowerment happening and, and that's just beautiful to see. And I think it's affecting everyone around them and, of course, some people might also like not like to talk about it. I do respect that, but mm-hmm. I've hardly come across anyone that's like stopped asking me questions yeah. <laughs> once, once, once I started talking about my work. Everyone is curious about it. Yeah, <sighs> they just need the platform. And, and like you said, like the more people share, especially with women, they're like, oh, mm-hmm. this is okay. Oh, cool. I can, di- I can dip my toe into this now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I've definitely experienced even through doing this that friends of mine have come and asked me or told me stories that they never had told me before because mm. all of a sudden yeah, they're like, there you oh, go. yeah, you're a safe place. I can tell you about this. I can divulge this information that I've been holding in for all of this time. And, you know, it's a it's a cool thing to to realize that. I mean, it sucks on the one hand to think about the levels of kind of uh, repression that people are experiencing, uh, but then also to give to give people the ability to be like, nah, it's cool. Yeah. Acceptance. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Um, Do you have any things that you are uh, reading right now that you would recommend like any oh you know I'm I'm actually um pregnant I'm in <gasps> seventh month pregnant <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much um so I've been reading all this pregnancy <laughs> stuff and <laughs> giving birth and like yeah, yeah I'm I'm right now totally into midwife stuff yeah cool. do you have like a whole birthing plan all set and everything yeah yeah I have a whole um birthing vision and um I want to give um birth at home so I'm preparing with my midwife and cool. sort Good of you. setting setting the the state and the reality around it that's going to be super smooth and super painless and just um very orgasmic, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's true for you. Yeah, me too. <laughs> that's That'd awesome. be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is definitely a potential to have orgasms while you're giving birth because the the vagina is contracting pretty mm-hmm. much like in an orgasm. So it's it's quite interesting. And also the hormonal release, there's so much oxytocin and adrenaline, which is all very similar mm, released during sex. So so it is an opportunity to <laughs> just ride some awesome orgasmic waves there. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe more people would give birth. <laughs> right? Yeah. Seriously, you might have just changed my mind about having kids. Yeah. <laughs> I just do it for the pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on. That was awesome. That yeah. was great. Yeah. Very orga- yeah I feel- awesome show. Thanks so much <laughs> will for you, having me. Will you tell our listeners where they can find you, your website, your Instagram, uh, your classes, like whatever, anything you want them to know about how to find you? Sure. So you can check us out at beducated.com so it's like educated but in the bedroom so beducated.com yay (laughs) orgasmic ride yeah yes (laughs) so awesome and congratulations again that's such great news i'm just gonna show you my belly (laughs) (laughs) look at you (laughs) 
Well, hopefully we talk right. to you Thanks soon. Thanks so much, girls. Yeah, thank and you. keep going what, what you're doing. You That's too. That's really, really great. Rock on. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Where do babies come from? Where do you think they come from? Well, I think a stork, he um he drops it down, and, it, and then a hole goes in your body, and there's blood everywhere coming out of your head, and then you push your belly button, and then your butt falls off, and then you hold your butt, and you have to dig, and you'll find a little baby. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, since we're talking about being beducated. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, I was watching Adam Ruins Everything. I didn't finish it this morning, but uh, I was watching the mattress industry and how it's a big ripoff. And I, at least I have been under the misconception that uh, pulling the tag off of your mattress was illegal. Yeah, I I always thought when I was little that the police would just like that there was like an alarm and it would set off some sort of thing and all yeah. of a sudden the police would show up. Right, and I did too. Standing there like a dick. With it was like tag. such a serious thing. Yeah, but it's well, fuck with it. So it's not a misconception. It is illegal, mm-hmm. but it's more for our protection against the mattress industry. They a bunch of scammers. They're scammers. Uh, so apparently back in the day, the people who made mattresses could just put whatever the fuck they wanted in them and sell them as is like rags, dirty rags. There was no regulation on what could go in there. Dirty and then, rags? yeah, I guess it just didn't matter what you put it. Gross. Could be anything. Imagine um, the bed bugs. <laughs> Rebecca's fucking nightmare. <laughs> so, Whoever regulates mattresses. Yeah. Anyway, they told them to slap on some tags that said what was in the mattress mm-hmm. so that you would have some understanding. But there was no regulation on that. So they could just switch the tags and there could essentially be anything in there. So they made it illegal for you to take it off. So, you know, what's in your mattress. That's crazy. Yeah. It actually, you know, I, while you were saying that story, it makes me think about, you know, we're having all of these different um, online mm-hmm. companies that are disrupting established markets like Uber coming and disrupting the taxi market. Yeah. Casper, like highly like thinking about like highly regulated industry and how mm-hmm. at least in New York, I don't know where it is everywhere else, but the taxi limousine commission, like it's taxis are highly regulated here. And then all of a sudden in comes like Uber and Lyft and all that shit. And it like upsets it up, disrupts the entire thing. I wonder if Casper is like a mattress disruption because you Maybe. were talking about like mattresses kind of being like a ripoff anyways. Yeah. And like now it, Casper's there. Well, so I've got a, once you got it, rip that baby off. Yeah. I'm still afraid. Get arrested. <laughs> I know, right? Your life is over. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I also found a, a bed related um, fun, not so fun fact, which is that in the state of Mississippi, it's illegal to have a second illegitimate child. <laughs> So the first one's fine. (laughs) The first one's fine. As long as you don't rip the tag off. (laughs) There was one quirky loophole written into this law, which was that any multiple births would be counted as the first illegitimate child. So if you were to have like twins or triplets or something out of wedlock, then you had basically scammed the system and had found the only way to legally have multiple illegitimate child children in Mississippi. Congratulations. That's what we call a life hack. (laughs) Thank you for listening to welcome to my vagina. It's time for us to slide on out of here. God damn it. It doesn't sound right when I do it. I know. (laughs) Places you can find us (laughs) on Instagram at welcome to my vagina. We're trying to get a thousand followers to tell your friends and uh, Twitter at welcome to my vag. We also have a website, welcome to my vagina.com, which leads you to my YouTube page. 
Also yep. welcome to my vagina. Uh-huh. And there's a blog section where I have posted a couple of things, but we're also looking for writers. So if you have interesting opinions, if you are a person who wants to break into writing and wants to share your voice, we're looking for diverse opinions, all sorts of different people. We're basically looking know. for anyone who's not a cisgender man. We, yeah. We definitely want you guys to be allies, but right now we're looking yeah. for other voices. Yeah. And also we love uh, our white women peers but we're two white women sitting here so we'd love more diverse voices also thank you so much to our producer uh caitlin moldenhauer of more banana productions please check out all of the work from this all women network including world stealers there will be porn i'm listening with anita flores and awkward sex in the city with natalie wall which is coming to you in july yeah more banana production is killing it yeah guys we're kind of taking over the world and don't forget to review us and subscribe and tell your friends yeah and we're going to have merch soon. Merch. I don't know why that word always makes me think of Merkins. Ooh. <laughs> Merkin merch. Also check out all of Rebecca's writing at franklyrebecca.com. Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da, da. Yeah. All right. And See email you us. next Tuesday. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. <laughs>